Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, amplifiers. When it comes to standing out from the crowd, you gotta do something, right? If you look like everyone else, you're gonna be another brick in the wall. So you gotta have something that stands out. And our guest today is gonna be sharing his story about you know how he's taken his ride from being in corporate to being able to help others really just amplify their inner awesome. Now, he is the host and CEO of Billionaires and Boxers. He's a podcast mentor, so he helps people like get their story out. Um, he also does you know, TVs, events, movies, and he's been empowering over 1 billion entrepreneurs by sharing his message. It's really cool, and it's a really creative title, Billionaires and Boxers. So I'd like to welcome Phil Pelucha to Growth Amplifiers. Welcome, Thank Phil. you so much for having me. No, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this. So, Phil, I just wanted to start off by saying, did I pronounce your name right? <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. You know, it's always funny as people get to the name and there's a moment that they go, oh, I should have asked this before. But uh, yeah, you, yeah, you did, brother. I've heard some terrible versions of it, but yeah, you got it nailed on. It's Palucha. And, and you know what? It's, it's actually in my checklist, but I'm always excited because, you know, I'm not in my boxers today, but I am wearing boxers and I probably yeah. am giving too much information right off the gate. <laughs> They're like, all right, I'm going to turn the channel now. Oh, <laughs> no, no but, it's all good, man. No, we got some really cool stuff that we're going to be sharing today. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about billionaires and boxers because mm -hmm. it's, it's really the podcast that you have that's sharing how people, everyday people that are really great at what they do can cultivate getting their message and building out a strategy so that they can shine it out there and, and get people to know, like, and trust them. Uh, so, so if you wouldn't mind sharing, how did you get started with this effort? And, yeah. you know, tell us, give us your background story. We'd love to hear that. Sure thing, buddy. So um, I originally started off in world of sport. Um, in fact, if you'd have asked me, you know, in my teenage years, what I was going to do, I was going to be a soccer player. I was going to be a football player. Uh, and then I was going to be a manager. That was that was my entire life mapped out for me. I'd played for academy football since I was sort of six or seven years old. Um, I got released at 16 um, by one of the big clubs here in the UK and found myself going and playing in, in Central and Eastern Europe. I spent a lot of time in Hungary playing over there. Um, and then that all kind of came to an abrupt end uh, sort of in my early 20s. I, I kept being injured. I was spending more time recovering to play the game than I actually was playing the game. Uh, but I wasn't ready to leave. So I went into coaching and started working with youth academies and all this sort of stuff. So sport really taught me a lot. But, you know, I, I, it wasn't the same buzz. You know, I didn't get the same buzz from it. And I kind of realized maybe it's time to put the, the boys game aside and, and, and go and do something a bit more professional. And I had no idea what that was. No idea. Um, so I ended up going to university and doing a surveying degree, a real estate surveying degree. So I'm actually a valuation surveyor by trade, which was brilliant because just as I graduated, um, the global property market fell off a cliff. So just to kind of highlight, I was the guy that would go into a field and clock up how much a company could afford to pay for a piece of land to develop it. Just as people stopped developing anything for about a five year period. Um, 
so that was really good timing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I ended up kind of thinking, do you know what? I like traveling. I like going around the world. I like experiencing new cultures. So I took an internship uh, in Southern Africa. I moved to Johannesburg. I was only supposed to be there for three months. And I ended up falling in love with South Africa. I met my wife there. Well, the, the person is now my wife. Uh, I always say I went to South Africa for three months and came back with a wife, but I always kind of have to stress it was my wife that I came back with. I didn't <laughs> just go and get a wife and bring her back. Um, but during this whole time, I had been uh, podcasting. So podcasting had only just kind of really started and it was still my way of staying connected with the world of sport. Um, fan, fanzines and fan podcasts were just starting to become a thing. But nobody was really monetizing it at this point, um, which I didn't really understand because I was thinking if you have a demographic of you know men with disposable income or people with disposable income between the ages of 18 and 45 listening to your podcast, you know what they like because they're listening to you because they like that particular sport or that particular team. I mean, there's loads of companies out there that would pay for that information and that data. So um, I ended up joining a friend of mine's podcast and uh, becoming part owner of it. And we took it from something that we were paying about 160 bucks a month to create the podcast to being something that we were making sort of between 12 and $1,500 profit per episode. Um, and it was like, okay, there's a, this is fun. We can make money doing this. Um, so I, I just saw it as I was getting paid to talk. I was getting paid to talk about football. I was getting paid to talk about stuff that I liked. I guess as somebody who'd been through the academy system relatively recently and, and had known many of these players that were now starting to break through into the leagues, people were enjoying kind of listening to my content and saying, well, you know, we can talk about that player on the pitch, but he actually knows him in person and can have a conversation about how he's developed and how he's trained and what he was like when he was 12 and 13 years old. And <laughs> there was a lot more kind of to it. Um, and this was all ongoing whilst I was doing my corporate stuff. Now, I ended up becoming responsible for talent and training uh, in my mid-20s for um, the second largest real estate company in Africa at the time. Uh, and I mean, that pretty much just came about because whilst I'd been at university doing my surveying degree, uh, I'd actually been working in real estate as well. So our market here in the UK, which is where I am at the moment, is about sort of six or seven years ahead of that in Southern Africa. So essentially everything I knew I was just telling them and it was like the first time they were hearing this. It was like being able to travel back in time with a business plan, um, which is something I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later because that's exactly what we do with billionaires in boxes as well. Um, it's about kind of empowering emerging markets with the lessons that we've used to dominate far more complex and overly overpopulated markets and then taking those things into emerging markets where there's a damn sight lot, a lot, a damn sight less competition to get your kind of self out there. Um, anyway, Became kind of disillusioned with the corporate world. I'd enjoyed it, but I'd had enough. I'd had enough of traveling around different hotels and boardrooms and board meetings. And I mean, how many times have people said this, but I got sick of having meetings that could have been emails. <laughs> right. um, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is not, this isn't what I want. Um, so I left and I set up on my own and I kind of naively thought, well, I'm good at what I do. I'm recognized for what I do. I'm already starting to speak at some events for what I do. So surely the phone is just going to ring off the hook with clients going, Hey, we know who you are. We saw you at this event and it didn't happen. Um, and I found myself in this bizarre scenario that a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in, which is it really doesn't matter how good you are. If not enough of your ideal customers know, like, and trust you, 
you're not going anywhere. You're going to have that roller coaster business, which is exactly what I had. You know, one month I was making money. Next month, I didn't even have any projects to work on. And I was thinking, where do you find clients? You know, I don't want a cold call. I don't want to do this. And you start looking at what the options are. You Facebook advertising, SEO, Google, pay-per-clicks, all this sort of stuff. And I started realizing that my competitors in that space would have like $10,000 a month budget. And I might have 300, 350 bucks if I scrape scrapes and stuff right? together. Mm. And it was, I described it as kind of like stepping into the ring with Mike Tyson. You know, I was always going to get my head kicked in always, it, you know, I was never going to win that fight. So I had to start trying to be smarter with this. Now, by this point, I'd sold two sports podcasting networks. So I knew and had a real passion for podcasting. I'd been doing, I mean, I've been doing it for about five years by that point, four or five years at this point. And I decided, do you know what? I'm going to try and use it for business. And I had no idea whether this was going to work, none. So I, I just did a really simple strategy, which was I made a list of the top 100 clients that I'd love to work with. And I invited the CEO of each of those companies onto my podcast to talk about two things themselves, because everybody loves to talk about themselves and two, their business because they get paid to talk about their business. So right. I didn't do it to try and hoodwink anyone. I didn't do it to try and sell anything to anyone. I just did it because I thought, I know that if I get in a room with somebody and show my credibility and knowledge, the people that this resonates with will resonate together and the people it doesn't, it won't. And that's fine too. Um, the results were astronomical even then. I mean, even though there was a lot of uh, skepticism, I always describe it as the same thing. It was like, I might as well have been asking people to come in for a police interrogation rather than a podcast because everyone was so suspicious. It was like, what do you want to ask me? Why? Like, who, why do you want to talk to me? Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I just want to chat with you, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to trick you here. This isn't, I'm not going to strike you to a polygraph test and go, oh, you lie in there. No, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to know you. Um, but people would say yes. And they would start coming on. And in the space of four months, I'd had to scale the team up from being just me sat on my kitchen counter to having 25 people full-time delivering for me because we just had work coming out of our ears. Um, and something incredible happened as a result. I started to be seen as an authority and an influence in my space. So exhibitions started to contact me. NBC, Sky, Fox, Forbes started to contact me to ask my opinion on things that were happening in the industry. And I realized that this kind of world of media that I thought was this really kind of complex, you've got to know someone, you know, you've got to know Chris Hansen's friends, brothers, cousins who open the door for you. The reality is that a lot of journalists will just Google. They have a story, they need an expert opinion, they're going to Google. And if you take up a lot of that prime digital real estate from you appearing on other people's podcasts, incredible people appearing on yours, you've just become the authority, whether you are or whether you aren't. Um, and it's kind of this sort of perpetual motion at that point you know it's like they come to you and say hey do you want to give an opinion you give an opinion on sky or bbc news then an event organizer sees it and goes oh we'll get them to come and do a workshop and before you know it you're getting to pick which events you want to go and speak at you're getting picked to come and kind of talk to the papers about this stuff and now clients really they still weren't picking up the phone particularly much to call you but what was happening was when i was picking up the phone to talk to them they were already much further down the buying process because they'd go, oh, I actually know who you are. I read your stuff. I listened to this show. Oh, you interviewed my friend, so I heard this. And they were already much further down the line. That is a great point. It's kind of like if if people were thinking, you know, I, oh, I'm an expert and I'm, I tell people, I put out stuff on my social media, I post all the time, I, I pay money for advertising. 
but they're doing it in they're just their own little venue and they're yep. not thinking about how can they connect with others oh, and be building those relationships. Just even just doing that visual right there is like thinking about you're just expanding your network and you're doing it in an authentic, genuine way. You're not looking yep. to uh, push people away by like, Hey, I've got this great business Buy my yep. services, push people right out the door. You're saying, Hey, let's, let's connect. Let me know a little bit more about you. And then you're putting that message all over the place. And then it has a snowball effect. Like you're saying, you, it really does. So people are like, it, Oh, it, there's I that guy. The same thing, right? which is, I don't, I don't sell. I introduce because I don't want to ever have to sell this to somebody. It either resonates with you or it doesn't because you know, we've all had clients that we've worked with that we really wish we hadn't. And they're usually the ones where we've tried to change our service or we've shoehorned them in or, you know, it wasn't quite as natural a fit <laughs> as it could be. It was just that we needed the cash at the time. So we took them. Whereas now I find myself in a blessed position that actually I work with people that I want to work with. I work right. with people that, I mean, you use the phrase expert. I would never call myself an expert because the industry changes so quickly. And even if I was an expert yesterday, today I'm not. Um, you know, you, you want to look at it this way. I spent a lot of time helping businesses to stand out um, from the crowd. There's been 200,000 plus businesses start a podcast since the beginning of COVID because they're realizing they need to be seen digitally. Like podcasting grows year on year anyway, but even I didn't see 200,000 people creating a podcast in the last four months. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, not all with me, by the way, because I really would be a billionaire. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but this is the point, isn't it? You mentioned about growing that audience. So I, I always say the same thing to people and it's, it's such a key ingredient that even podcasters miss. It's like, how do I grow my podcast? Well, it, there's only so much you can shove it in front of your friends and family and ask them to share it out before they start to get sick of you doing it and it's getting a handful of likes and no one's listening. So I always look at it like growing a flower. flower growing a flower needs sunlight and it needs water. So imagine your podcast is the sunlight and that's the value add. So you're wanting to add value with your podcast you still need water. Otherwise you're just going to kill the plant with too much sunlight. And that water is your audience. So where are your audience going to come from? And my attitude was always find somebody who already has that audience, create an incredible piece of content together that empowers people like this. For example, my listeners will be coming and listening to this. Some of them will resonate with what you say and they'll stick around and you'll binge your content. You get new subscribers and it'll happen exactly the same. The other way, some of your listeners will listen to me and go, He's got a point. I want to know what else he's talking about. And they'll come and subscribe to my stuff. We've created a great piece of content. We've learned something together, but now we've both grown our audiences as well. I love the idea. So if, if people are in that spot right now, and because mm. I know that I'm, I'm getting a lot of that feedback, people are like, oh, I think I'll start a podcast or I just started yeah. a podcast. Let's talk about what are some things to avoid that mm. can throw your podcast efforts um, down the tubes or just having you fight an uphill battle? What are some things to avoid? I think the first thing is mentality. You have to have your mentality right. So, um, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about when I first started using it for business, I had a list of the top 100 clients that I wanted to work with. The reality is I didn't, how do I word this nicely? I didn't care if anybody was listening. <laughs> it was me building relationships with these people and these individuals and these businesses. It really didn't bother me whether somebody else was listening to this. I kind of saw it as like Napoleon Hill meets podcasting. I was getting the opportunity to speak to people that were more experienced than I further developed in my field and learn from them and their career. 
So provided I was learning something and we were learning from each other and helping each other, it really didn't matter to me if anybody was listening, which is the complete opposite of most people that start a podcast because it's all about, well, I'm only getting 10 listeners. I'm only getting 50 listeners. I've just reached the 100 downloads mark. You've got to flip it. Stop worrying about the listeners. If you, if you add value and you monetize your podcast, either in a way of who you're building relationships with or if it's feeding into your influencer and authority status, provided you're gaining something from it, it doesn't have to be, you know, this huge audience. The second thing I'd say is, you know, most businesses that will be listening to this, you know, if I said to you, okay, look, let's invite the top 100 clients and come onto a podcast, 50 of them are going to say yes. Can you handle more than 10 of those clients right now if they say yes? Or have you got a completely different problem? Are you now trying to scale rapidly to be able to deliver this? Because if the answer is, is no, I can't handle more than 10 of those clients. What are you worried about having more listeners for? Technically, you only needed those 10 to listen. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's the mentality is one thing that I would suggest. The other thing is people trying to, to turn it into something that it's not. And, and I blame mainstream media for that, where people try and suddenly go from having a really natural and organic conversation to saying things to me like, what if I run out of things to say? What if I run out of questions to ask? And I always find that such a bizarre thing to say because it's like if I put you in a room with like a really interesting person, would you, would you run out of things to say over a coffee? It's like, no, of course you wouldn't. So the only reason that you're feeling that way is that you've built this podcast up to be something different in your head. You're now thinking about production value. You're now thinking about being the reporter. And now you're not being yourself. You're not being genuine. So you're not actually helping boost your influencer or authority status. If you're good at what you do, Go and be genuine and have a genuine conversation with somebody. Don't worry about, you know, doing the, the perfect introduction. Don't worry about, now we're going to go to an ad break. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not on NBC. Stop trying to pretend that you are. <laughs> Maybe you will be one day, but right now, this is your podcast, your opportunity to get your voice out there. So don't use that platform to pretend to be somebody that you're not. That's very helpful for those who are in that new field. And I think that you're right. If you, well, I know you're right. <laughs> if you have the wrong mindset coming into this game, you're, you're probably going to get disappointed and that disappointment is probably going to get you to not show up the same and that 100%. not showing up the same will be the downfall of the effort. So you also miss opportunities, you know, you like, it, it doesn't have to look the way that you think it's going to look. So um, I'll give you a great example. So, when we started growing what we were doing, um, there was a film, there was a, it was like a prequel to the secret movie. I'm sure you've heard of the secret movie. So the secret, obviously the book by Rhonda Burns and then the movie, the movie reached 500 million people, 500 million people, right? We work exclusively with many of their coaches putting on live events, both virtual and in person. And they mentor many people across our, our sectors and our groups because they are passionate about helping these businesses grow helping these individuals to grow, helping them not just build successful businesses, but happy and successful lives. I never saw that coming. I never saw, you know, Marie Diamond saying, sure, Phil, here's my app. Feel free to just give it out to all of your people free of charge. Or Doug Vermeeren, you know, the world's passive income coach saying, we'll do a one-on-one -on -one session. Dr. Travis Fox saying, anybody you sign up, send them my way and I'll be happy to do a strategy session with them. Make sure that they've recognized all the opportunities to make money organically and naturally through their business. I didn't see that coming. That happened because I interviewed them, we built a relationship, and they made an offer. Now, if I'd have gone into that podcast just purely on the basis of 
I just want to grow numbers. I just want listeners. I just want more. I don't, I want to get to a thousand listeners. I might've missed that opportunity or I might've, as you say, I might've shown up completely differently with my mindset focused on, I just want to get more listeners and I'd have missed the opportunity to build an organic relationship with people that then not only became my friends and mentors, but friends and mentors to many of our customers as well. And so we've talked a little bit now about some of the challenges that others may have. Mm-hmm. And part of growth amplifiers is to think about, you know, sharing a little bit of our own vulnerabilities. What's the yeah. biggest challenge that you're facing right now that you're trying to tackle uh, in, in growing and build, taking your business to the next level? Yeah. So it was an interesting one, actually. I think the, the biggest challenge that I'm experiencing right now is I always do things in a really big way. I mean, you mentioned it in the introduction. So I didn't say I want to help 500,000 people. I didn't say I want to help a million people. I want to empower a billion entrepreneurs. And I know that the only way I'm going to be able to do that is not just by Phil Paluccia going around the world telling people, hey, here's how it goes. It's me empowering the empowerers. So I kind of made a bit of a rod for my own back in as much as, you know, I now have this barometer when we work with people of, who is it you're helping? Who is it you empower? Who is it you inspire and why? And if the answers don't resonate with our message, I'll say, thank you so much. Here's some stuff that I can give you that will help you along your journey, but it's not going to be with us. So we've, we've become a lot more picky in terms of who we work with, which has meant that we've kind of moved a lot from dealing with sort of construction and real estate businesses, for example, to dealing with coaches, mentors, influencers. We still work with those B2B service businesses, but the message has to be there. Like there has to be something that you do that genuinely helps people, whether it's your work with charities, whether it's your work that you actually really do care more about your customers than others. And you're trying to guide them through that customer experience. Um, But that's a challenge. That's definitely a challenge because it's not just a case of, okay, cool. I'll stick my products on a Facebook advert, batter that out there and people can just buy willy nilly on the website. You can't, and you know, if you're going to come and work with us, you have to have an onboarding and strategy call with me, which is me learning about you to make sure it fits. And if it doesn't, I will say no a lot more than I say yes. So it's, it's kind of, you want, you have the, the big plan of, of what you're looking to do, but you need people to show up to a, a certain 100%. point. And if, and if they're not there, like you said, you could point them out to different resources um, give them some other things to say. Here's here's what you need to work on before you're yep. a great fit. But hundred percent, it it makes sense. And, so, and and some people go away and do that work, and others don't. Others, you know, I, and again, I'm cool with that because I only want. I've got to this stage now where I only want to work with people that we resonate with. I'm I'm really passionate about my clients' businesses. You know, to the point where. I think I genuinely get more success when they're starting to get recognized as an authority and leader in their field than I mm-hmm. do when I get calls from the news saying, Hey, do you want to give an opinion on this? Like, that's fine. It's part and parcel of what we do now. And I'm not going to knock it because it's allowed me to get to this stage. But I, I genuinely think I have more enjoyment from bi- listening to businesses that come to me and say, I'm good at what I do, but I need more people to know, like, and trust me. I, I don't know why the phone's not ringing to, you know, I'll give an example. We're working with a, a, a CX um, coach based in New Zealand. He's mm-hmm. three times his business in the first six weeks of working with us. Wow. Like that's, that's an incredible stat. And, and that makes me really proud because I didn't do anything magical. I just introduced him to the strategies that we use regarding the podcasting, spent some time with him. He's done a few podcast interviews. He's appearing on other people's shows, but it's been the credibility gained that's allowed him to now open the door to bigger contracts and people contacting him to say, Oh, 
I actually met you two years ago at this event and then I was listening to your podcast recently and thought we should hook up and it was like, there it is right there. You just needed one more thing to take them over the line and, and we've done it. And I, and I love that. I really, really love it. I was chatting with um, a client of mine who's an attorney and he had been doing events for over a decade, mm-hmm. over a decade, been doing events and he made one change, one change. He started putting a call to action at the end of his presentation. Yep. Yes. It's, yes, it's, yes. it's one change and it seems uber basic to, mm-hmm. to those who've kind of been around in the, in the marketing world and kind of understand that. But mm-hmm. if you don't know, then you don't know. 100%. It, it, for a decade, he had done those presentations and maybe he said maybe a, a job or two he got from it. And then from putting the call to action in, uh, he got like 25 leads from uh, the presentation, did yep. three of them. So that's 75 leads and converted like a third of those. So 25 new clients. And it, it's, it's just amazing. So sometimes the point being, sometimes what's obvious, you may say, I kind of already know this stuff. It doesn't matter what you know, it matters what yep. you do. And more importantly, the mm-hmm. results that you're yeah. getting from those things. And that's why, you know, working with somebody like Phil, um, they can help you kind of get that clarity and, and get from the idea into action to results is, is really powerful. So speaking of that, Phil, what's mm-hmm. something that you're working on now or what would you like to share? If people want to learn more about what, who you are and what you do, wherever they sure go, thing. what actions can they take? Do you know what? So our bread and butter has always been kind of our done for you services where we will literally spoon feed businesses. We teach them, for, we do this kind of for them for three to six months and the time that they need to be able to do that so that they've got the podcast. They know how it works. They've started to win business from these clients and these relationships, plus their guest appearing on other people's shows. And then we mentor them and sort of hold their hand to say, right, this now here's how you take that baton and go and do it yourself. Like, I don't want to spoon feed you for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm still here to support you, but you know, I want you to kind of go and, and nurture that and grow with it. Um, but especially during this COVID period, I found myself creating some packages that I think are more palatable for, for everybody. So um, I always say the same thing, which is a great place to start is just guest appearing on other people's podcasts and starting to share that message and build that global network. So now we've introduced a much lower um, guest booking solution where you can go and appear on other people's shows and we do like five shows a month. Uh, and again, then it's about we've, we've broken our mentorship package down into a monthly package so that more people can kind of pallet that and come and do that. So there's some really interesting stuff happening, um, all available on our website, billionairesinboxes.com. Um, definitely come and check us out and say hello. I'm personally working on a number of really cool empowerment events, although COVID has, uh, has caused an interesting spanner in the works there. But uh, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of being able to see people. I mean, this is going to sound like a really weird thing to say. I'm a hugger. Like, I miss like going to events and being able to give my friends a hug. I miss, you know, being able to go to sports events. I'm a hugger. Like, that's, that's who I am. So this whole period of like, you're in your house, you can talk to people digitally, but you're never going to see them. Even I, as a podcaster, found that quite difficult. I was like, no, I miss people. You know, I miss, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I miss the most. I miss the, com- the great conversations that happen after an event where the speakers and ex- exhibitors are all kind of tired. It's been a long two or three days doing this event. It's been really powerful. You've been on a real high because the energy has been great. And now, you put amazing people in a room and amazing things always happen every single time, every single time. 
and I miss that. And I, don't, I haven't quite found a way of being able to replicate that digitally just yet. Um, obviously, podcasting is a great way of having those conversations, but that whole nice and relaxed, you know, get yourself a beer, get yourself a drink, let's just sit and have a chill out on the terrace. I yeah. miss those. I think there's a lot you can do with digital technology. And for the most part, you can, you can train people, you can coach people, you can put on yep. experiences, you can do a lot of things. But there is a level of energy I don't think at this point in time with today's technology that can replicate, you know, being an in-person event with people. Uh, there's just the physical energy that's in a room. I don't know enough about energy to explain what it is. I understand completely. It's like, well, look at someone's eyes. Like I, you can do it like this way and we can see each other, but like the excitement that comes in somebody's eyes when they say something or that moment, you know what I mean? It's that yeah. very moment. And we've all had it with it, even with clients where there's something that you say that they just go yes and there's like the light bulb moment you can see it on their face like you can see it then and then yeah. like i that that energy that you both get from that i agree i think it's 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 more difficult to replicate digitally but hopefully pretty soon we'll be able to see each other once again and, and i think that's you mentioned it earlier i think that's the uh i guess my addiction my, my driver i i you know as a profit coach i help people amplify their profits a lot of it's you know, what are you doing to amplify your profits, having that focus. But at the end of the day, I do profits because you need profits in order to move your purpose, your passion. Lately. Um, you, you need, you need it. You can have a lot of passion, but if you don't, you don't pay attention to the bottom line, you can be a starving artist. But, but when you get into that, um, you're able to connect with someone and, and see that light, feel that energy, that's, you know, the, the concept behind growth amplifiers, because when you can share and you can really connect with other people, you can amplify yes. what's possible. 100%. And, and it, changes, it changes the trajectory of where, where people are going. So I just, you know, you're mentioning that. And I was just talking with my mother-in-law uh, the other day about, you know, I, I you know, it's kind of, there's some benefits of, you know, doing things remotely. Yes. But um, I agree with you. I'm, I'm kind of missing some of the, some of the other elements that we're not getting to experience in this moment, but yeah, I think the shared energy is probably a great one to kind of encapsulate a lot of that, isn't it? It's, you don't quite get the same shared energy digitally as you do in person. So I agree, but yeah, I definitely advise people kind of come and check us out at billionaires in boxes. Um, my surname is also really unusual. It's P E L U C H A Palucha. Um, so if you Google Phil Palucha, you will be able to find lots of ways to get in contact with me. I'm sure. Awesome. So as we're wrapping up here, um, what's a piece of advice or something that you've learned on your journey that would be helpful for others on theirs? Oh, I, I love this piece of advice because somebody gave it to me many years ago and it changed my life. And I truly mean that. And again, it's one of those quite simple things, but it's quite often overlooked as a result. It's make more decisions with your heart and less with your head because your head doesn't know any more than you do. Huh? <laughs> that's great that's great i truly mean that so fit, when you're making a decision see how it feels see how it resonates and if it doesn't sit right with you don't do it do yourself a favor and walk away from it, it doesn't matter whether the deal looks on paper fantastic and it's practical if it doesn't feel right with you trust your instinct and don't do it excellent so billionaires and boxers phil thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your story 
some helpful advice for people who are maybe thinking about starting their podcast or, or people that are already doing it right now, just getting some inspiration of what's possible when they stay focused and they stay committed towards their goal. We appreciate having you on and uh, I look forward to continuing to connect in the future as we continue to spread the message, getting more billionaires and their boxers around the world. For sure, brother. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.